one, two. God we damn asked. it! Because of the lag, I missed you, and I started over. All right, okay, 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 right. Okay, tick six. One, two, three. Welcome everyone to episode 5 of Why Did You Watch with me, Cathy Moore. And me, David Clark. I know you're pausing to me to say something, so I'm just going to leave it. (laughs) Yay! Alright then. I love how every episode either starts with me yelling or or celebrating. (laughs) Exactly. Well, have I got a tasty treat for you today. Okay. This is is a great film. Now, as you know, David... One of my favourite genre of films is horror. Yeah. Probably my favourite genre of films. Closely followed by action films, particularly if they involve a lot of martial arts. Oh, don't tell me it's going to have Jean-Claude Van Damme in it. It does have Jean-Claude Van Damme in it. Yes, it does. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) God Van Damme. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Mm. This this, this, uh, podcast sponsored by uh, Cause Light. <laughs> and denim and loafers. Yeah. Ugh. Do you yeah. have any sort of issue with Jean Claude Van Damme? Any preconceived notion about him, or he can't act? Uh, other than that, no, not really. Any other complaints about him? No. I mean, there's a lot of action stars who can't act. I mean, That's I'm not true. Sit here and name them. Yeah. Uh, effectively, um, they're all in. Um, What's it? The Expendables. There are some good ones. They are. There are some good ones. Yes. But there are also some ones who can't act. Terry Crews is great. That's true. Anyway, so, yeah, Jean-Claude Van Damme is very much in that genre of 1980s action star where clearly all they were interested in was, um, I guess, looking tough and not necessarily going to win an Oscar anytime soon. Yeah. And being able to do the splits and and be a guy. Now, see, this this is... Jean-Claude Van Damme's signature moves, right? It's um, doing the splits, right? Mm. Big into those. Being able to jump super high in the air. That's his other claim to fame. And his third claim to fame is having that a, a very, very strong Belgian accent that makes him sound sort of French and Dutch at the same time. Yes. Right? I have no problem with Van Damme. I think he's class. In fact... Do you know that he was going to be the Predator in Predator? Uh Uh-huh. But they didn't need the Predator to do the splits. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So I, yeah, I I like Jean-Claude. I've seen a lot of his films. I dig them. So the film that we're talking about today, not that it matters because Jean-Claude Van Damme films are all effectively the same film. Uh, Bloodsport. Yeah. And if you're if you're wondering why it's called Bloodsport, worry not, because one of the actors explains it. Okay, right. <laughs> Which sort of sort of gives you an idea of who this film was pitched at. Sure. Because it's one of those films where the where the exposition is just appalling. Yes. Um, as is a lot of the acting uh, and casting. Mm, no dear. But the one thing that really stands out about this film that's brilliant is the soundtrack. And I want to get my hands on it. Is it by Kylie Minogue? It might as well be. (laughs) Don't you remember? She was in Street Fighter. 
She was. She was Cammy. Yeah. Incidentally, if you've seen the film Street Fighter, uh-huh. that's basically this film. Yeah, it's basically uh, this film. Okay. In fact, in fact, most of the characters in this film were in the computer game Street Fighter. I think I honestly think they modeled all of the martial artists in this film uh, off people from Street Fighter. And even the music sounds like the music from Street Fighter. In fact, as soon as we finish this podcast, I'm going to go and play Street Fighter 2 Turbo. Nice. The best Street Fighter. Yeah. So it was made in 1988, starring mm-hmm. Jean-Claude Van Damme as Frank Dukes. Right? And you I might don't think, want to know what he does on his think... weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Dukes. <laughs> now, uh. you might think, oh, for God's sake, Dukes, yeah, like, put up your Dukes. That's so lame. No. He is named after the the actual martial artist slash stunt coordinator or you know uh, martial art coordinator mm-hmm. who is an absolute billy bullshitter okay he he's like jay from the inbetweeners this guy he yeah. just uh s- tells self-aggrandizing lies um like 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 it's just like breath to him this guy right so yeah, so there's this guy who's uh, like a, a film fight choreographer and mm. he met the director uh, and was going, oh yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm like a legendary martial artist. I went to the Comité, which is a, a full contact, secret, top secret martial arts tournament and only a select few people know about it. And I got invited and I uh-huh. went and I won it and I broke all the records for fastest knockout. Basically just being a Jay from Inbetweeners. Yes. Saying all this shit. Because it wasn't true. He made it all up. It was utter, utter bollocks. Do Mm. you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, the director didn't believe a word of it, but he did think, wow, this would be a really good movie. And this director, whose name I've forgotten, um, has been like an assistant director and a second director for some really big movies, like Godfather 2 and stuff. Nice. Yeah, but not a lot of films just by himself. So this sure. is the first film of any note, as far as I'm concerned, that he did as the prime one and only director. Yeah. And it's based off the the fabrications of habitual liar Frank Dux. Uh, caveat, that is my opinion. I do not want to be sued by Frank Dux and his amazing spectacular lawyer. That I'm sure he has. Yes. <laughs> so the so the point the point of the film is that Frank Dukes, who's an army captain, goes AWOL to go and fight in the Comité. Like the, for any particular reason? Secret. For money? Honour? Honour. He goes for honour because he is a total weeb and he basically um, harangues a, a Japanese guy in his neighbourhood into training him to... to to do martial arts ah and okay he says and then he says to the, the japanese dude i'm going to go and win the kumite uh in your honor for your honor and the japanese guy's like you're not my son i don't give a shit just go <laughs> so that's his it whole probably wasn't shtick. even a martial artist it's probably a guy who's just like i don't know building boats window cleaner yeah well, yeah i mean he, he the guy had a fishery that was his oh, thing called it yeah, yeah. Those, very those, wide, those, so I those guess... fish that you, those fish you have to catch, really fight back. Oh, absolutely! Mm. You have to give them the old wax on, wax off. Those fish. Yeah. Um, so he, so he, 
buggers off from the army and goes to the Kumite, which is being held in Hong Kong this year. Nice. Very nice, yeah. So, we open on some nice stock footage of Hong Kong and, like, the skyline of Hong Kong and the people of Hong Kong and the streets. It's all very, like, come to Hong Kong. Yeah, sponsored by Hong Kong. I think they just... Yeah, they probably just borrowed all the footage from the, the tourist office. Yeah. Um, and then and then it goes into sort of like a shady back alley area. Ooh. And, uh, and that's where the comate is being held in a secret location. <laughs> is this I... like really, really close quarters combat? Because you're literally in an alleyway. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't explain that very well. You go up an alleyway and there's a doorway. Ooh. Oh, okay. And it's got two menacing dudes with their arms folded standing it's at the a KFC. door, which has Chinese writing. What? It's a KFC. It's a KFC. <laughs> <laughs> Top secret ingredients. <laughs> Kung Fu challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Oh, yeah. Are there 15 different herbs and spices? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> nice. I mean, there's loads of contestants, but you only care about a handful of them. In fact, okay. I mean, you only... No, you don't care about any of them, to be perfectly honest. doesn't really matter. Because oh. the fighting's so cool. Nice. I will say this now. I have seen better choreographed fights. Uh, it was the 80s. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I, I have also seen worse. But it was very, it was very like um, WWF. Oh, I see. What do they call it now? It was, it's very like a wrestling-y sort of moves where you can see the recipient of the attack clearly anticipate it. I think it's called signaling, you know I mean? isn't it? Yeah. Like yeah. Like they're bracing for something that they shouldn't know is coming. That yes. sort of thing. So it's, you know, it's not great. But I mean, it's such a fun film. It's great. And it's got a lot of cinematography in it, David. You should like this one. Nice. So he's... All that he's, Hong Kong skyline. I do like that, yeah. And all the lights and all the kind of and other they stuff. Ob- they, obeyed the, they obeyed the two-thirds law. It had like two-thirds land to a third sky. They knew what they were doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's gone AWOL from the army to go to Japan to learn to fight, to go to... Hong Kong. Yeah, but he went to Japan to learn to fight. No, no, no. The Japanese guy lived in his neighbourhood. So he was a US Army captain, despite the fact he's Belgian. He wasn't born a US Army captain. He was a kid when he lived next door to Mr. Tanaka. Right. I still don't Who's understand. Who's the Japanese dude? Look, Jean-Claude Van Damme's family moved from Belgium or wherever the fuck, because they never actually, they just <laughs> keep referring to him as being an American hero. Um, yes. Moved to this neighborhood that also had a Japanese guy living in it. And we'll, we'll get to how they meet. But as a child, he is trained by Mr. Tanaka. In which like country? Mr. Miyagi and Ralph Macchio. Yeah, but in what? which country? America. Right. And everyone moved okay, to America. Okay. Right, Belgian moved to America. America. Japanese guy is in America. He learns from Japanese guy. Right, check. So, we're watching like Hong Kong, and then we're watching the the secret arena getting built and swept, and carpenters are in there, and people are sussing stuff out and putting yeah. in putting in big uh, big urns of fire and stuff like that. Ah, cool. Nice. Oh yeah, they're they're going grandiose on the decor of this 
like top secret underground. <laughs> There's Kevin McLeod in the background. Club. Yeah. Yeah, he's standing there in the background going like, you know, they were supposed to have all this finished by September and now they've gone over budget. What are they going to do? <laughs> but the thing that would be really funny is he would probably be about 15 years old. Oh, oh they've gone over budget. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, nice. And his mm. voice is all... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Kevin McLeod. Kevin McLeod. Who would have thought blood sports and grand designs would have been in the same conversation? <laughs> You wouldn't expect it. No. Yeah. Um, and, right, so you've got this sort of montage going on of like, yeah, Hong Kong, it's all happening here. And then you get to see a nice montage of all of the contestants who are remotely significant to the film. Yes. Doing all of their training and stuff. So you've got, and it's all, it's got like the, it's, it's quite like the opening to Tekken. You know, the beginning of Tekken and it had that, sort of music yes. going on in the background for 80s and then you had like the backstory like some woman runs to your house and it's on fire and her family's dead and you're like haha and then she runs and jumps over a fence do you remember this no all the sort of backstory okay never mind all the sort of backstory to all the characters basically so that's okay. what you're getting now you've got you've got a korean dude who's fucking massive he's built like a brick shit house. this guy Mm-hmm. And he's like kicking, he's kicking big blocks of ice to bits. Right? <laughs> and someone's holding their glass, un- that... glass underneath with a martini going, a bit more, a bit more. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> he's the bartender. He's not there to fight. <laughs> he, oh, he's there to fight, all right. Yeah. This guy's a psycho. Okay. He's the baddie. Ah. And he's played by, now everyone knows Jean-Claude Van Damme. Not everyone knows Bolo Young. He's a... Uh, very famous martial arts actor uh, and also a bodybuilder. Okay. And he's he's huge. And he was also in Enter the Dragon. Oh, yeah. In quite a similar role, actually. It's just the, the unstoppable brute. Bolo Young. That is Bolo Young. Bolo Young. Bo- oh, right. His, his real name's difficult to pronounce. Oh, yeah. I recognise him, yeah. I've seen yeah. him in films. He makes some faces in this film. The strange My thing God. is, he's a, he's a, he's actually Chinese, but they made him play a Korean. Yeah. Oh, if you think that's bad, oh, wait no. to hear this casting. <laughs> is there going to be someone who's in like they've they've made their face a different color? <laughs> oh no, they didn't go that far. Good. They didn't even bother to go that far. Oh wait, that's is is it going to be uh, Steven Seagal with just like his eyes taped, like he did in that film that if was just was horrific? Steven... Oh, fuck me. If it was Steven Seagal, I would not like this film. I cannot yeah. stand Steven Seagal. That's, he never turned up in The Expendables, and that is why I love those films. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you, you you made a film with every 80s action star, and you managed to avoid the flippin' poster boy of cultural appropriation, because he's just Native American, or Italian, or Asian, or South American, just depending on his mood and outfit that yes. day. It's not even yeah. relevant to the plot of the film. No. He is the most detestable person. I can't stand him. Do you know he broke Sean Connery's wrist in a temper tantrum? So he's not tantrum? all bad then. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Sean. I'll give you that. Yeah. Um, then you've got another guy. But wait, wait. Just, just to finish. Just... Did Sean manage to have the last word? Oh, no. Well, uh, Steven Seagal's not a lady. 
So Sean Connery has no reason to yeah. puncture. So the the only the only reason why I said it was fine for him to break Sean Connery's wrist is that he's not necessarily the nicest person either. No, because he's all about you know, you know, you can smack a bitch if you. Yeah, <laughs> so need pretty to. much, and you can. Sometimes it's all we understand, David. <laughs> Did he not pay his taxes? No, well, he just he he pissed off to like I don't know some island somewhere, and then was like, yeah, Scottish independence, but I'm not going to come back and bring any of my money. Uh, yeah. Oh, Sean Connery. Again, uh, this is just my opinion. If Sean Connery's lawyers are mm-hmm. uh, on the line, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that's just, just what I've been led to just believe. Saying. Yeah. Yep. yep. Anyway, yep. so this giant uh, Korean guy. Korean in inverted yeah. commas is kicking some ice, and then you've got um, some white guy with curly hair kicking some wood, and he really does not make a dent on anything in the film except for that bit of wood. That's it. Okay. So I've I've renamed him I've renamed him Wallpaper just because he doesn't do anything. Um, oh. And then there's another guy who's karate chopping coconuts. Where are coconuts uh, indigenous? Oh, loads of places. Yeah. Are you sure this isn't sure just a bar? <laughs> you got you got the ice. I'm not sure what the dude hitting the woods doing, but. I told you he was superfluous. Yeah. yeah. And then you've got a nice coconut milk. I'm guessing he's South American, based on his fighting style, this guy. And there's coconuts. Oh, the cap- capoeira. The dancing I thought it was a big style. rat. What? Oh, that. That's oh, a no. capybara. I'm thinking of a capybara. <laughs> <laughs> but no, there's also a, a drink. There's, there's a drink that begins with a C. It's like a cap- cap- capriati. What's the drink? Well, I don't know. There's a pizza that's a capricosa. Campari? Maybe that's There's the Campari. one I'm thinking. Yes, Campari. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway. I'm just guessing by his fighting style um, that he's from Brazil. I don't know. He's very wiry and he just bounces around the floor like a wee monkey. <laughs> right? Nice. So, uh, so pff, that's what I'm guessing. So I've, I've, I've named him Blanca. Yes. Blanca, yes. Because he's street cause fighter. that's his fighting style, like being hunched over the floor and yeah. like, leaping on people. Yeah, yeah. So he's Blanca, uh, and then you see like a few of the other people. You see, um, like uh, Ken and Ryu. Those guys are like practicing together. They're buddies. Uh, yeah. I'm sure they could have done a whole backstory about those two. <laughs> oh yeah, because I would have liked to have appreciated their story more. Like, oh yeah, they're going to the Kumite <laughs> together as friends, so, but then the- in the final battle, they have to fight each other, like Serena and Venus. <laughs> the, the way I heard that is that yeah, I, w- I want to appreciate their, fight- their fighting style a lot more, and just you drooling over the screen. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm not going to argue because yeah. they were both no. Asian. I might add. Fair enough. Ken in this case was not American. Um. Ah. And of course, I mean, of course, Van Damme is guile because he's an army captain who is white and doing martial arts and he flippin' played Guile in the Street Fighter movie. So obviously he's Guile. Sure. Um then we get to see oh no, this is this is quite ugh, it's not an easy bit to sit through. We're now treated to one of the American contestants who is actually American, but he looks like Zangief because he's just this enormous brute of a man yes. who's a bit thick. Right, and he's punching the melt out of a punching bag, and his mate comes over and goes, "Hey, Jackson, you really going to Hong Kong?" Yeah. Uh. Uh, yeah. 
To which we get some really unpleasant exposition because uh, Zangief goes, I love full body contact. Need a few more scars on my face. Um, and then the, the, the friend goes, but I hear you can get killed in the comate. Yeah. To which Zangief says, only if you fuck up. All right. So I've deduced from this that there's something called a comate that's happening in Hong Kong that's full body contact, or full contact rather, and you could die. Now, this should give you an idea of who this movie's pitched at. Yeah. And then, just to like really drill it home in case you hadn't quite caught all of that, we then have the Korean dude, who's the brick shit house, um, talking to his, I guess, sensei. And the sensei says, Tomorrow you leave for the Kumite. Okay. Okay. So I. Yeah. I think we understand what's happening. It would be so funny if he, he's like it's all kind of all the like the you know the super kind of old school like robes and all this kind of other stuff. It's all like ancient temple, and then he kind of just like the hand comes out from underneath kind of the robes with like two two plane tickets. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Or he hands him his iPhone, and he's like, "I put the tickets on your airline app." Oh, nice. <laughs> <Off> you go. <laughs> uh. So so far we understand like the arena's being built. People are training. People are coming to the comatite for various reasons. People are making drinks. And people are making drinks. Well, I mean, you would want something to settle your nerves. And yeah. Van Damme is in the, the army gym, I guess. And he is, you know, the, the little boxing um, pair? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That thing with. He's kicking that. Ooh. He's not punching it. He's kicking it. Wow. Because he's that good. I know. And it went, Sonic, boom! No, I'm just kidding. Uh, didn't. Um, nice. So he's kicking that, and then we've we've got yet more awful um, exposition because his subordinate turns up and goes, Captain! Salute! Um, the, the, <laughs> who's higher than a captain? Major. Well, the Major wants to see you in his office. He heard a rumour that you're going to the Kumite during your furlough. So basically, like, Van Damme has time off. He's getting furloughed. I guess, you know, Corona has hit. Um, ha, so, he, you know, pause. it's his free time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Um, like, it, he's get he's furloughed. I don't know what that means in the army, being furloughed. But I'm guessing it means he's got time off. Yes. Also, isn't this supposed to be a secret, super secret fighting contest? Thank you. Thank you. So and yet, far, everyone knows about it. Three, three of the contestants have already had someone run up and go, "Oh, hey, you're going to the comate that we're not supposed to know about because it's a feckin' secret." Throughout this film, all I could hear in my head was the first rule of comate is tell everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The second rule of comate is <laughs> except women. I think that the point of it is you can tell everyone except women. They're the only ones who aren't allowed to know about it. Oh, they think okay. So there are no women in this film. Bad. There's one woman in this film. Okay. With speaking but... lines. And that's it. Wow. Um, and guess what? She doesn't like the comate. Because ladies don't. Ladies don't do martial arts. The very idea. We'd ladder our tights doing all that. <laughs> Listen, I think Wing Chun was developed by a woman. It was, yeah. It? Yeah. Before, it was developed by women 
for, yeah. for, by a woman for women because it's a defense of martial art. Yeah, yeah. But no yeah. one's doing Wing Chun in the flipping Komate. Any respectable martial artist like Ip Man or um, uh, Bruce Lee, any of the others. He's well, he's a bit Hollywood, isn't he? Yeah. I don't know if he'd be a respectable martial artist. Yeah. The, oh, the guy from Ong Bak. Yeah, because he only fought if he had to. And Ip Man only fought if he had to. Yeah. None of them were entering competitions. Or Mr. Miyagi, for that matter. True. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he only got into the competition, so he'd get the what's-his-face off his back, didn't he? Exactly. Yeah. You only fight if you have to. It's supposed to be defensive. So, so much for secret secret top secret like yeah. underground fighting competition that everyone knows about apparently so this guy comes over and he's like hey i hear you're going to the komate guess what you're not because for some reason the army is running some kind of indentured servitude system and we have invested in you and built you up to captain and we've put a lot of time and money into you and therefore, if anything happens to you in the comate, you know, we're we're gonna we're gonna, you know, lose that investment. Sure. That's basically okay. what the major explains to him. The major's like, nothing can happen to you because we put a lot of time and effort into into, you know, building you up to what you are. Uh-huh. It's like, bitch, I'm furloughed. I'm on leave. I'm off. I can do with that time whatever I jolly well please. Thank you um, very much. It's it's not entirely true. Well, it is illegal and will bring disrepute to yeah. You know, the 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 U.S. Army. Especially if you lose. But besides that, particularly if you die yeah. as well. <laughs> also that. But yeah. they didn't say that to him. They didn't. Excuse me. They didn't say you can't join the Kumite because you're a U.S. soldier and are therefore obliged to hold up the law. But it's much like you couldn't like go off on furlough and start dealing drugs if you're in the US Army. They would exactly. still probably be yes, a bit Yes, that's pissed. fair enough. Yeah. And if they explained that to him, I'd be like, yeah, that's fair enough. I can understand why they don't want them bringing disrepute to the US <laughs> it's Army. Like, it's like, for More example, disrepute. he's just going out on holiday and he's just about having ice cream. And then the Major comes along and just whips it out of his hand, saying, we've invested a lot of time <laughs> in keeping you healthy. <laughs> what? Yeah, no ice cream for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No lactose Sergeant, for you. Follow this man around. If he ever has an ice cream, knock yeah. it out of his hands. Oh. If he has anything other than a celery stick, smack it out of oh. his hand. Yeah. No, they, I really don't like their attitude. It's very much like we own you, and until you have paid off what we invested in you, then you're not allowed um, any agency over your own life. Hmm. Well, okay. And, and, right? And I would also like to point out that. I feel that this whole plotline of the US Army not wanting Dukes to be involved in the Comité, completely superfluous to the plot, was not needed at all. I don't know why they bothered with it. Yes, yeah, the same pointless. It is utterly pointless, and I think the only reason they did it was because Forrest Whitaker got cast, and they were like, well, I, we, need, we need something so that Forrest Whitaker can be in this film, because he's, he's brilliant. Okay. Don't you agree? Yeah, yeah. Bosher is really Whitaker. good. Yeah, but but yeah. I mean, was he the major? Hmm? Was he the major? No, no. The major then sends um, uh, Forrest Whitaker and his 
oh, I think his superior officer, actually, but like, who gives a shit about him? It's Forrest Whitaker. Uh, after him to Hong Kong to bring him back. Because ah. obviously Van Damme's like, fuck you, I'm off to the Comité, right? So he's military police. Um, I don't know what they are. They're wearing suits, so it's impossible if, to tell. If, if you're AWOL, they would probably send military police after you. But the thing okay, is, if so he's Forrest on furlough, Whitaker... if he's on furlough, he's not AWOL. I know, that's what I was saying. He's not AWOL because he has leave. It sounds like the people who wrote it don't necessarily know what the rules are. I don't Neither think do we, that AWOL is an acronym. Oh, obviously we don't because yeah. I don't know what furlough means and I'm assuming it's annual leave. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it's the distance a horse runs in a certain race. That too, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so um, he gets told off. He's like, no, we own you. This isn't this man's army. It's this particular man here that I'm pointing at's army. And I own you. Points itself. Um, yes. So so Van Damme goes, well, all right then. Uh, I'll just have a shower. And then, you know, we can we can get sorted. And he nips into the shower. And the little subordinate waits outside for him. Wink. Uh, and then he goes, what's taking so long? Don't shout that at someone in the shower. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not allowed to go on my flipping annual leave holiday. I'm not even allowed to have a luxuriant shower either. Give me a break. But he goes in to see what's taking so long and it's not Van Damme singing into his loofah. (laughs) He's actually just left the water running and, and like snuck out the window. Yes. Sneaky Van Damme. Yeah. You could say he has That's a what lot he's practicing kicking that ball for. He has to like get his foot through the window first and then just like sidle sideways <laughs> doing the splits. He's had to do the splits against the wall and then somehow somehow leap out the window. But he kicks one wall and he just flies out the other, like just sideways while still in split <laughs> split formation. <laughs> uh <coughs> Oh, bad that's timing. all up my nose. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> oh, the mental image on that where he's just like, bing, bing. Like air hockey. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Well, so you would think that Van Damme's next course of action would be to um, go to Hong Kong. But instead, he goes and visits an old Japanese lady. Okay. So it's like, ding dong. And Japanese lady opens the door and it's like, hello. And uh, what she buyed? Yes. Don't stop laughing at me buying. She did legitimately buy Adam. Yeah. Uh, and Van Damme's in the doorway, and there's some very stilted acting where he goes, "Oh, hello, Mrs. Tanaka. I'm here to see Mr. Tanaka." I'm guessing my he's sensei. dead. No, no, he's not no. dead. He's fine. Well, he's he's old. That's mm. about it. And very sick. But I think he's just old. He doesn't call him. He doesn't call him his sensei. He calls him his. Uh, Shidoshi. And I've okay. never heard of a Shidoshi before, but that's what he calls them. Isn't that the thing right? where you use all the numbers and I had to have one to, uh, to nine in each square? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he turned up to visit his Sudoku. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, <laughs> nice. Yes. And he's, he says to her, so, you know, how's, how's Mr. Tanaka? And she says, oh, he's resting. I'll go tell him you're here. Um, and I, and she must have been gone a very long time because Jean-Claude spends the time waiting having a very long flashback. So he wanders ah. into the living room mm. 
and there's like a katana on the on the mantelpiece. And nice. he stares at the katana and I I infer from what happens that he was going for a pensive stare, but it just looked like a sort of baleful stare, like a really resentful one, because he like squinted and looked angry at it instead of looking like thoughtful and reminiscent. Uh-huh. Um so he's eh. he's looking at this katana on the mantelpiece. And he has this whole flashback about how he met Mr. Tanaka because his friends like broke in to Mr. Tanaka's house to steal the sword. And um, the, the the friends ran off, but Van Damme sta- young Van Damme, Mini Dam, stayed to put the sword back on the mantelpiece. But uh-huh. Mr. Tanaka walks in with his like six-year-old kid and the six-year-old just kicks his ass. <laughs> nice. The six-year-old just runs over and is like, "Hey, and punches or kicks someone. Yeah. Um, and then and then the dad's like, "Go, go to your room and play with your Lego, my son." Right. Uh-huh. And then they, I, I don't know how they did this. They've got this sort of gangly teenage kid who's supposed to be Van Damme, and I don't know if they dubbed him or if they just found some kid with a like Pepe Le Pew level French accent. Which is completely oh, wow. inappropriate because Van Damme doesn't sound French. <laughs> no. So he was like, I was not trying to steal your sword, monsieur, you know. <laughs> uh, and Mr. Tanaka's going like, oh, you know, you 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 have honour. Mr. Tanaka's such a stereotype. Even Mr. Miyagi would watch Mr. Tanaka and go, oh my god, this is embarrassing. Because yeah. oh, he's all, he's talking to Van Damme's parents, trying to talk them into him training up their son in the way of the martial arts and it's all this stuff like you grow vines much like wine vines grape vines there we go okay much yeah. like grape vines children also grow you must teach them structure and the way of the for them to grow to honor their all this shit and you're just sat there going like who wrote this this is Ugh. this yeah. is bordering on Pretty offensive dire. <laughs> yeah um, so they have they have a sort of a Mr. Miyagi Ralph Macchio relationship, except that yeah, there's also the guy's son. Obviously, well, that's the thing. See, obviously, Mr. Tanaka is going to be more invested in his son learning. You would have hoped the, so. The way of of the martial art, and um, Van Damme or Pepe Le Pew here is only supposed to be a sparring partner so that he can teach his son. Because it's traditional ah. for the father to teach the son, and then he passes the sword on to the son, and blah blah blah. Yes, but so he effectively he wanted a punch bag that his son could just kick the. That's out of. exactly what Pepe Le Pew complains about. Like this was the arrangement, ah. though, Pepe. I don't know what and the kid, the little, excuse me, the little kid even calls Pepe round eye. Damn son. Okay. Like he knocks well, him out and he's like, maybe Had enough that's round because eye. the little the little kid kicked him in somewhere that was quite sensitive. <laughs> and he's like, Ooh <laughs> He should be calling him cross eye then. Oh yeah, that's true, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um so so they so the little kid knocks him over uh, and then goes, ha ha and goes back to his room to like, I don't know, play Pokemon or whatever. Do some more racism, you know. <laughs> Uh, really hone that that racism lovely <laughs> round eye <laughs> it's like in south park where they're playing uh dodgeball in 
Japan, I think, and the Japanese people are being super racist about the Americans, and they're uh-huh. holding their eyes like this, going, "Oh, I'm gonna go have a hamburger." Yeah. <laughs> nice. That's so funny. Anyway, so Van Damme gets his knickers in a twist. Well, not Van Damme. Pepe gets his knickers in a yes. twist and starts yelling at Mister Tanaka, going like, "It's not fair! You are using me as a punching bag." To which Mister Tanaka's like, "Well, yeah, that was the deal." Choked. (coughs) (coughs) Excuse me. Carry on. So, so obviously Pepe's got a bit of resentment going on, um, with the the kid who's who's calling him Round Eye and Mister Tanaka, but the little kid gets his ass kicked by a group of bullies. (gasps) Uh, Okay. Who are older than him? Yes. Pepe comes over and helps defeat the bullies. Okay, yeah. So he was the meat shield while the little kid was um, <laughs> beating out the bullies. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah oh, you no, know, nice. he had his wee jukes up and all. He was ready to, like, pop, 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 pop. Okay, nice. And he, then he... So he helps the little kid up, and you would think the conversation mm. would go something along the lines of, oh, thank you. Thank you for defending me. Or... I could have taken them myself. I didn't need your help. Something along those lines is what I was expecting. Yeah. But no, what happened was, while the kid's holding on to Pepe's arm, he goes, Someday, I'll fight in the Kumite and make my father proud. Handshake. So even six-year-olds know about the Kumite. <laughs> yeah, even this little kid knows. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Worst kept secret. How out of the blue is that? So... Plot twist, the son dies. I I was thinking that was probably what happened. So he doesn't get to go to the Kumite and fight and make his father proud. He just big fat died, which is very sad. And selfish. Yeah, how dare he dishonour his father in such a way. Actually, in Shintoism, if a child dies before the parents, it goes to hell. Oh, that sucks. I know. It's pretty brutal. Mm. Yeah. I don't know why that's a thing. That's not cool. I know. It's, I mean, as if you're you're not upset enough that your kid just died. No, on maybe top of that. Maybe it just makes you. You know, maybe it's in it, it. Yeah. Essentially, maybe it's just to get kids to behave and not like muck around so much. So you can't go like I don't know drifting while you're driving your cars because you're like, oh, I got to stay alive until potentially. I don't know, or die. it would super encourage the parents to not let their kid die. Hmm. Maybe get them vaccinated. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that would be a good start. Yeah. 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 No maybe, measles um, for me, please. Maybe... Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't want mumps and laterally testicular cancer. Thank you very much. Oh, no, thank you. So they're, they're sitting. No, thank you. <laughs> so they're sitting at the little shrine for the sun, Mr. Tanaka and Van Damme. The one that's in hell. It's, yes. not, it's Van Damme now. It's not Pepe anymore. It's Van Damme now. Ah, yeah. Um, and they have a whole conversation that's hard to follow because Van Damme is clearly wearing lip balm and it's quite distracting. Oh, I thought you were going to say his lips were too slippery, which made it hard for him to talk. <laughs> I think that's just Belgian. <laughs> Potentially, yeah. Or, or whatever type of Belgian Jean-Claude speaks. Uh, anyway. Yeah. So, so he's sitting there and... And he's going like, oof, sorry, bro. You know, he was like yeah. a brother to me. 
Uh, Mr. Tanaka was like, yeah, except he wasn't though, was he? Yeah. Because, you know. Because <laughs> um, you got round eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't make me say it. <laughs> um, and he, so then Van Damme very like awkwardly goes, um, so what now? In terms of training. Oh, right. Uh, and Mr. Tanaka, Mr. Tanaka's like, nope, no more training. It's over now. Mm-mm, done. Yeah. And it's Van like, Damme's like, oh, come too on. Soon. <laughs> too soon, bro. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so Van Damme and his shiny lip bam start giving it like, yes, but you've trained me for so long. I promise I can do it. I can learn. And Mr. Tanaka just dumps this really heartbreaking story on him of like, you don't understand. This is my second family. I lost my first family in Hiroshima, Hiroshima, whichever. And um, and then I came to America to start over again. And now I lost this kid as well. And the tradition is that you pass the training and the sword onto your son. It goes from father to son. And now the, the line has been broken. Yes, because... so it doesn't get given to a daughter then. Oh, <laughs> what is a daughter going to do with a katana? Don't be silly. She'll only like chip a nail with it or something. Wow. And as as Mr. Tanaka points out to Van Damme, you are not Japanese and you are not a Tanaka. Right? He could so, adopt him. No. He could have, except where's Van Damme's actual family through all of this? He seems to have just completely given up. This is why I think he's just a total weeb through this whole thing. He's like, no, I'm not Belgian, I'm Japanese. You can't prove otherwise. I hate you, Dad. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, that's a bit harsh in his So family, long, yeah. long story short, Mr. Tanaka's, Mr. Tanaka sort of feels like, well, what else am I doing? I might as well train him. So he trains him. Uh, and then it's just a massively long montage of Van Damme falling over. Getting okay. thrown to a mat repeatedly. Just getting dropped to the floor. And it's it's sort of, falling over is intermixed with this weird tai chi that they're doing where they sit on the ground and then do lots of breathing exercise lamas <laughs> yeah yeah they're doing lamas but with really nice. really tight tense arms that they're slowly moving around tai chi style maybe they just had some really really fibrous lunch <laughs> It's probably what a boy band member would do if they'd had a fibrous lunch, because there's lots of that nice. arm waving and, and fist pulling into chest. Oh, right, yeah. Oh, classic, on. yes. Hmm. And a really fun game that Mr. Tanaka's invented, which is snatch a fish out of the hatchery. So they stand over the water and then they're just like, snatch, fish, ha ha, I caught a fish. <laughs> it's quite impressive. It sounds like fish in a barrel to me. Well, it wasn't in a barrel, it was in a hatchery. Uh, but effectively the same thing. Okay, fair enough. And the fish were about 10, 10 centimetres long, if that matters. I can't imagine it would. <laughs> I but, suppose um... not, but I guess anyway, they're quite slippery. They are slippery little suckers, fish. Mm. I speak from experience. Yeah. During the montage, of course, we have splits. Van Damme does the splits for the first time. Um... And then, so, and then they're doing this whole thing, and th they blindfold Van Damme so that he fights blind. Oh, blind fighting! Yes, that's a big thing. Absolutely, very important. But not only does he do blind fighting, he does blind tea serving as well. 
Nice. So Mr. Tanaka and his lovely wife are sitting in the garden and he has to blindfold hand them tea. Why? Shall I tell you why? It's because it covers up his round eyes. (laughs) (laughs) It reminds me of my son screaming racial slurs at you when I see your yeah, round exactly. eyes. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But so just out of curiosity, so he, is he in the he army? He hands yet? out the tea. Huh? Is he in the army yet? No. There's right. no mention of him being in the army yet. Okay. So don't know, don't know what's going on there. Hmm. So um I guess the tea wasn't very good because uh, Mr Tanaka tries to like smack him in the face. But even blindfolded Van Damme grabs the arm. Ah. So we're obviously at the stage of the montage where he's made some progress. Sure. And it all culminates with a really disturbing, like, Fifty Shades of Grey scene where Mr. Tanaka ties him up in the back garden. Like, Kinky. Uh, being drawn. You know, like being drawn. Like Leonardo like, DiCaprio in Titanic, yes. No! <laughs> Draw me like your Belgian girls. <laughs> ah, all right, nice. get the pulleys oh, out. <laughs> no, no, he's Why got his got, arms yeah. tied... Mm. He's got his arms pulled out and tied to two trees. Mm. And he's got... This is splits number two, by the way. He's doing the splits again. Because he's got both his yeah. legs tied to two trees. And Mr. Tanak is pulling on the ropes and all the pulleys are tightening it up. And he's tied it all up. And he's... Sounds weird. He keeps looking at Mr. Tanaka with this very, like, Christian Grey look on his face. You know. It is very Fifty Shades. He's going for... Um, focused serenity, but it comes off yes. as like more, more. Sure. And um, so he's all, yeah, yeah. I am at one with the, with the badger within, or whatever. Blah blah blah. <laughs> okay. Om. And then he's so focused and meditative and and strong at this point that he just starts pulling and snaps the tree over, and then he's released. And then Mister Tanak is like, oh. He's um, channeling his uh, Barry Scott. Sit bang. Try to bang, Mister Tanaka. <laughs> oh, thank God! Yeah, that'd be a very different film. <laughs> it. He certainly looked like he wanted to bang him. He was really oh. giving him some come hither eyes. Yeah, but anyway, mm. so it, I guess he passed. I guess that was the final test, and he passed because Mister Tanaka, in a very elaborate ceremony, gives him the sword that was right. on the mantelpiece. Yes. And then takes it back because it's still on Mr. Tanaka's mantelpiece. That's what I was thinking. Yes. So it seemed to be very much a ceremonial giving of the sword. It's like, I'm giving you this, but I'm just going to keep it in my house for safekeeping. Sure. Or maybe You're he right. gets it when Mr. Tanaka dies or something. Okay. Well, that's one big Weird. long flashback. It was, so, I know, at one point through this flashback, I thought, oh my God, is this all the film? <laughs> Yeah. Are we going to see anything else happen in this entire film? Yeah. So we, we cut back to uh, Van Damme squinting ominously at the mantelpiece. <clears throat> yeah. And uh, Mrs. Tanaka comes in and says, yeah, you can talk to you can talk to Mr. Tanaka. He's all right. And Van Damme goes in and he says to him, you know, hello, how are you, blah, blah, blah. And then there's more like ancient Japanese wisdom imparted. Ugh. And uh, Van Damme says, you know, I'm going to Hong Kong to fight in the Kumite to honour you, Shidoshi. Okay. And the, sen- and the Shidoshi's like, dead on, have a nice time. 
don't really give a shit. <laughs> don't die. But he, yeah. yeah. Well, back at you, big guy. Because he, he says something like, when you fight, my spirit will be with you. But I don't think he means literally his ghost. He just gives him a little live. hip flask. He's like, I'm in a new business now. <laughs> it's called Shinobi's my, Shinobi's my, Gin. My, my sake will be with you. <laughs> Shinobi sake. Yes, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Shidoshi. Shidoshi sake. All right. I said something else. My bad. What? Sensei, didn't you? I said something. I think I said Shinobi, which is the religion, not the thing. Obi-Wan? No. I don't know what I'm talking Shinobi. about. Shinobi. <laughs> I'm just repeating words that I've heard that sound sounded in the past. Yeah. Anyway, so oh. the dudes are happy and like, yeah, enjoy. Get your yep. ass kicked. I mean, if he cared about Van Damme at all, he'd be like, you don't need to prove anything to me. I trained you because, you know, my kid was dead and I had nothing else oh. to do. So you really don't need totally to go and get your right, ass kicked on, on my behalf. As soon as he left the room... He's like calling the insurers and is like, hey, so um, I'd like to put a life insurance policy on my neighbour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> back oh, in the like day, I think you could me, put... And he's... Yeah, yeah. You could, you it would be a really expensive that, coverage, though, because he is... In the army. On anybody? Oh, yeah, he's apparently. in the army. Yeah. So his policy would be really high if you got insurance on him. Eh, I mean, it depends whether or not it was during the time when America wasn't fighting a war somewhere. It's a narrow, it's a narrow field. Yeah. That's about two years before the first Iraq War. Yeah, the Gulf War was around. Nineteen ninety hadn't kicked off yet, had it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. God, I remember that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, crazy. Where was I? So, now we are um, on a bus in Hong Kong. Ooh. Exciting. And Van Damme's looking out the window, having a jolly good time, as you would. Oh, and of course, we've had lots of shots again from the, the Hong Kong tourist board. And then yes. the the enormous, like, Zangief guy. Do you remember him? With the really shit exposition? Yeah. He gets on. He gets on the bus. And he comes up and he sort of sits opposite from Van Damme. And then just starts casually harassing a woman. Um, going, hey baby, you know you want a you want a big strong man and all this shit, and she just totally ignores him, potentially because she doesn't speak English, she mightn't have a clue what he's saying for Quite one possibly. thing, um, which fair enough, and Van Damme sort of goes to himself, which is, um, I don't know, I, I guess you're supposed to get a measure of Jean Claude's character from that. Uh, he disapproves uh, yeah. of harassing At least a women on the bus. A measure of his acting skills, anyway. Uh, I mean, in his defence, you only had my acting skills to go by there. <laughs> uh, no, I, I can imagine John Gold's out Van Damme's acting. It's okay. He's give. He's like rolling his eyes, like, mm, what is he like? <laughs> in a Belgian accent. Yes. No. Cut to. The hotel that everyone who is involved in the Comité, I think, is staying in for some reason. I'm pretty sure this is just a conference. It really be, it really does feel like that, right? And there's a woman with a blonde perm in the bar. And the one with the speaking line. The, the one woman who has, has lines in the film, yeah. And the camera... The, the scene opens with her in the bar, but the camera is 
is doing a close-up of her feet and just pans the camera up while she's speaking to her face. That's weird. I thought it was weird as well. It's it's it was such a droopy, was she wearing like Nikes or something? She was wearing some bog standard high heels uh, and a nice nice pair of um, you know like fifteen denier tan tights. You know the ones I mean. No. And a nice sort of dress. <laughs> denier is a is a is measure it, yeah, of how yeah. thick your tights no, I'm, are. I'm joking. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. No, I've no idea what you're talking about. Wink. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, and she's got a shocking perm, but it was the 80s, so what are you going to do? Yeah. And she's asking Ken and Ryu some questions in the bar, like, so, you know, are you guys involved in the comate? And the only people who seem to respect the fact that it's a secret is Ken and Ryu. Sure. Because they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. And she was asking them all these questions like, are you, are you fighting in it? Where is it? What's happening? Why won't you tell me anything? I hear She's it's totally happening in Hong Kong. Yeah, subtle the other thing that it reminded two... me of is like um, us turning up to that hotel for that um, grants conference and you getting there slightly before me. <laughs> Unbelievable. I cannot, uh... I don't understand what happened there. It was like Jekyll and Hyde. They practically spat in my eye for yeah, turning up. it's weird. And I thought, very oh, well, they're very unfriendly. Maybe they're stressed out. And then you turn up and they practically roll out a red carpet for you. Yeah. Well, what the hell is that? I don't know. And it wasn't Maybe just one just of them either. Some... There were three. Huh? I think they just roll some what? dice. And it's like, I think they roll some dice behind the table and say, should we be really nice or really nasty to the next person? Yeah. <laughs> it's just yep. chance. It's entirely yeah. possible. Like that, like that book, Dice Man. Mm. where all of his decisions depend on the roll of a dice yeah what did i do i'm i'm quite civil it's not like i was rude it's not like i just marched over and snatched a a, a tote bag off them and poked them in the eye and stormed <laughs> off with it yeah I'm that was the other polite. conference <laughs> well that's what i do from now on so you're just going to be ignorant to me i'm just uh, going to preempt yeah. unbelievable yeah so apparently this woman knows about the comate Yes. Right. Who told her? Was it in the paper that morning or something? Like, and I don't understand why the only people who seem to respect the fact that it's a secret are Ken and Ryu, who are who are just smiling and nodding at her and going, "Yes, Hong Kong is an exciting city, isn't it?" Nice. And then nice. they run away, and and she's she's like, "Damn." Um, and then what do you call it? Uh. So yeah, so now it cuts to Zangief playing a computer game. Funnily enough, a martial mm -hmm. arts computer game. And it wasn't oh, Street nice. Fighter. Because I don't think it's been made yet. But anyway. <laughs> um, and Van Damme comes over and he's like, oh, you're playing a computer game. I will play with you. And they're playing the game. And pretty much immediately Zangief just whips around to him and goes, hey, I'm fighting in the Kumite. <laughs> and Van Damme wow. says, me too. Yeah, uh, so even even the contestants aren't keeping it a secret from anybody. It's because they're ridiculous. so excited. It's like um, kids before Christmas. Although in this case, yes, someone's going to punch you in the face. It, it was a lot more like, do you remember? I was really, really excited because I'd got a fantastic Christmas gift for Steve. And I was mm -hmm. so desperate to tell him what it was because yes. I was so proud of myself. It's more like that. 
where I would have ruined his Christmas just by screaming in his face in October that I got him this amazing gift. Yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, has been postponed till next year. Eh, what are you going to do? But at least it's not cancelled. True. So that's something at least. Now, they have sent Forrest Whitaker and some white dude who no one gives a shit about anyway, but for some reason he seems to be Forrest's superior officer. I don't know why. I don't know why mm. they included him. He was completely pointless. As is this whole subplot anyway. You know, the whole... Sure. Oh, he snuck off, he snuck off during his furlough to do something that would dishonour the US Army. I really? Think it's pro- it's, I think? <laughs> it's probably the thing, like, they almost always send um, people in pairs. So you have a... It's like police. You have a partner. So you always send two people rather than just one person. So he's just there as the plus one. But Forrest Whitaker is the the main event. But Forrest Whitaker's the plus one, because he's come uh, with this guy who's his superior officer. Yeah, but superior officers usually don't actually know what they're doing, and they need like a sergeant who actually knows everything and like actually does all the work. It's very much the impression I got, because Forrest seemed yeah. to be the only one putting any effort into actually tracking down Frank. I genuinely think that this was a jolly for them oh paid for by the american taxpayer yeah i think they were like oh we get a trip to hong kong and all we have to do is try and find this incredibly skilled martial artist who will probably never find and he's a superior to us anyway so he gives because everyone knows where the camera tie is going to be all you need to do (laughs) is ask i don't know a three-year-old in the street and they'll point like yeah it's that way also he's a white dude also, yeah, he's a white dude Hong in Kong. Hong Kong in a bright yeah. yellow jacket. Oh, a bright yellow jacket? yellow jacket. He looks like yeah. a he looks like a twentieth century real estate agent. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I think you'd spot him in in Kowloon somehow. Probably yes. Because yeah. they weren't even in Hong Kong. They weren't in the tourist paradise that is Hong Kong. They were in the walled city of Kowloon, which was still there at the time. Right. Which was just little China. It's basically the Chinatown in Hong Kong right bizarre so yes quite dumb i think so they're in the hotel they're playing this computer game at van damme and and zangief and mr lin appears and apparently he's their liaison for the north american Uh uh contestants despite the fact van damme's belgian but whatever and uh he comes over and he's very excited about it all and he's like woo i'm your liaison yeah and uh he explains to them He's actually quite a good tour guide. Like, I'd have been quite happy if I'd gone to Hong Kong and met this guy. As he says... <laughs> and then you're like, ah, oh, this is a great tour. And then he just pushes you into an arena against, like, some eight-foot tall <laughs> <laughs> Amazon or something. <laughs> yeah. Steve! Steve! The, the, the tour was going so well up until that point. Yeah. Uh-huh. We lose so many tourists that way. Yeah. But he he was taking them around. He, said, he explained to them, if you do any fighting outside of the, the Kumite, you're right. Right. There'll be no fighting here. This is the war room. <laughs> Precisely, yeah. yes. I can't believe that you, you martial artists who came here to fight would get in a fight. Who'd have yes. So Mr. Lin is taking them to the arena mm. and he's explaining all this stuff like, oh, we're able to have it in Hong Kong this year because the triads set it up for us and gave us some space and give it the go ahead. And uh, we're now entering 
the walled city of Kowloon, which uh, was formed in, in whenever and was part of the deal with the British government when they took over Hong Kong, blah, blah, blah. And I was sitting uh-huh. through this whole thing going, oh, that's rather interesting. Oh, I see. So that so this part isn't touristy, but the other, oh, I'm sure. Uh, and then we end up in a very creepy alleyway. So Okay. He, here endeth the tour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and give us yeah. your wallet. <laughs> oh, we yeah. just got mugged. And your kidney. <laughs> yeah. Oh. It's that creepy, this alleyway. They're going up this alleyway. It's got like wires hanging off the walls. It's dark. You can hear babies crying. There's rubbish everywhere. You can hear rats sort of squeaking about the place. And lest you were in any doubt of how you should feel in this alleyway, they're playing really scary, like Blade Runner-esque music. So effectively, well. just you imagine know, Soho. <gasps> <Ooh>. <laughs> Soho at night. <laughs> yeah. They're playing that music where they just hold one key on a synthesizer, so it's like, dun, dun, dun. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Ominous. Not Big ben. Ominous. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Ominous synthesizer music. It's like it's the idiot. shades. The shades in um, Terry Pratchett. Very much so. Yeah. Very much so. I really want to reread those books. They are good. Um. Yeah, so Blade Runner, right? So they get to the arena and everybody's handing in their invitations at the door because it's RSVP. Uh, which again, like, so somebody posted invitations. That's not very secret organisation. Fight Club Maybe didn't they have... Were, they could have been, um, what's it called? Um, it's not posted. Telegram. Oh, it looked really ornate, David. So it's, it's probably fancy. not post. I mean, like, it's probably hand-delivered. FedEx? FedEx. Really? <laughs> yeah. But there's people know. from the four corners of the earth at this thing. They had to send some poor bastard out to deliver it all. You you would send more than one, I guess. I don't know. Whoever's on the organising committee, they came with time. Sure. So they're like, you're the South American delivery guy. You've delivered everybody in this entire continent. Yeah, an invitation. easy. Easy. <laughs> Jesus. That would take a lot of money. Yeah, and they might be... to pay to compete. They don't have to pay. You just got an invitation. No, oh. I don't think so. But then, I think the how, would they have known... the how would they have known that he's a really good fighter unless he had been in tournaments before? I don't know. I don't know how you get an in-fight or what. Maybe you have to do like an online form. <laughs> with a with a video Describe submission. yourself in two hundred words. Belgian. <laughs> <laughs> I can do the splits. Jumping I was trained really by high. a Japanese dude. Yeah. Impenetrable accent. Uh, cause light. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Full stop. Denim and loafers. <laughs> the end. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I don't quite know how that works, but th- like, there's people on the what would you call the ring? Although it's not a ring, it's a rectangle. Oh, on in the rectangle. The, yeah. mm. They call it a runway, actually. For like like models. Yeah, they kept calling it a runway. I, I don't know huh. why. Didn't look like a runway I've ever seen. And nobody strutted down it, looked disgusted with the people at the end of it, and then strutted back up it again. So. Oh, okay. What? My neighbour's making that um, Thai salad again. I can hear her banging a pestle and mortar in her kitchen apologize everyone's okay. listening yeah. 
That's one of the beauties of the lockdown is you uh, you get to learn your neighbour's habits. Uh, how you managed to figure out that it's a Thai salad just by hearing it is impressive. Well, because I know she's Thai and because my sister-in-law is Thai and I have heard my sister-in-law make that exact noise and then she gave me a salad that nearly blew my head off because there was an entire bag of chilies in it. Ah, that she had mashed okay. into a pulp and stirred some mm. papaya into. I was like, nice. ah! <laughs> yeah. Okay, fair enough. I hope that's what anyway. she's making. She could be beating her child to death, which I wouldn't blame her for because he's very noisy. But anyway, um, where was I? Um, yeah, so there's dudes like yeah. practicing on the runway <laughs> and doing a bit of shadow boxing, that sort of stuff. There's uh-huh. people sort of sweeping up. There's a few like hardcore gamblers sitting around, sort of assessing people and thinking, "Oh, he'd be a good yes. guy to bet on." Yeah, oh, I like, I like his style. You know, oh, this is going on. So you have to apparently you have to qualify, you have to show that you're worth being there. I guess, like Wimbledon, Unless, if you've never competed before, maybe or yeah, yeah potentially. I mean, if you've yeah, won Wimbledon, you wild cards. no one's making you qualify again. I guess. Well, no, you get seeded. So the people who are seeded don't have yeah. to compete in the first set. Yeah, so stuff. I'm guessing a few people are seeded. Yeah. Uh, like the previous winner. And, yeah. uh, and then everyone else has to prove their worth somehow. Uh-huh. Now, you're going to be very amused about how Van Damme proves his worth. Because he hands in his invitation and they look at it and they're like, oh, you're fighting on behalf of um, Mr. Tanaka. And then they look at him and they're like, you know, they're like a Tanaka to me. And he's yes. like, I was, tr- Mr. Tanaka's my Shidoshi. And they're like, oh, if that's true, then you should be able to demonstrate Dimak. Yes. Do you remember, do you remember Dimak from the, yeah. the Robert Brent, Rankin Brentford books? Brentford Triangle, yes. Yeah. Well, according to this guy, Dimak means death touch. Bum, bum, bum. So he goes, go on then. Dimak. So he gets out this cream and smears it on his legs and all the hairs are gone. Ha! No, I'm kidding. That's Imac. <laughs> nice. Or as it's now known, Veet. Yeah. So uh, there's a pile of five bricks and uh, they say to him, pick a brick and you have to smash it. And then he, he's like, okay. And he does a weird breathing thing and then makes a mental face. And then he's like... And they go, stop. And they say, break the bottom brick in the pile. Not the top one. You have to break the bottom brick in the pile. Only the bottom so he, brick. You know, only the bottom brick. So he sort of shakes it, shakes it out a bit. And then he does it again and goes, and then, bam, smacks his hand into the top brick and the bottom brick explodes into powder and everyone's very impressed. As you can imagine. This- this is probably another Silic Bang reference, isn't it? Bang! <laughs> so and the brick is gone. Does he have to punch it Punch it from the top brick to break only the yes. bottom brick? Right, okay. Yes. I can now imagine that one of the dudes who's like working on building the arena walks past and goes, Oh man, now I have to get some more bricks. <laughs> I needed those. What are you doing? Yeah. Stop mucking yeah. about my bricks. It's bad enough yeah. that other guy, Wallpapers, kicked his way through all of my wooden boards. <laughs> Or he comes along and says... And there's no ice in the kitchen. Yeah. He's like, that's coming out of your pay. <laughs> that's coming out of you. Oh, you got to pay for that. <laughs> yeah. Nice. 
Also, Jean-Claude Van Damme is wearing a, basically the same top I'm wearing, like a like a, a vest top, right? Yes. But his his is so low cut that I don't even see why he put it on. It's basically like Borat's mankini. Suspenders. Yeah, it, yeah. it covers his nips, and that's yeah. about it. Okay. Right? Very strange. Yeah. But, I mean... As we learned through the film, Jean-Claude is very proud of his body. Yeah, because he's in a state of undress on several yeah, occasions. Yeah, it's much but like Top Gun. Um, doesn't uh, Matthew McConaughey have some... I heard he had something in his contract where he gets to take his shirt off in every film he's in. I've heard that about someone. I very just proud. It is. I'm pretty sure it's Matthew McConaughey is very proud of his chest and wants it to be seen in every film he's in. Matthew McConaughey Conaghy has to be topless, Tom Cruise has to run, and Jean-Claude has to do the splits. Those are the rules. <laughs> sure, yes. Okay. I think yeah. we've had the splits yeah, uh, yeah. two times so far. Yeah. So, yes. he punches the brick, poof, bang, Barry Scott's dead impressed, mm. and who else is also impressed is Bolo the Young. Bond. The Korean, oh. the Korean dude who kicked the ice to bits, whose name is, I kid you not, Chong Lee. So, of course, he is now Chun Lee. Yes. From Street Fighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But isn't that a, that's a uh, girl, isn't it? It doesn't matter. They both I'm have an just... insane laugh, so I guess it, <laughs> it okay. works. Yeah, yeah, all right, yeah. Chun Lee mm-hmm. was the Chun Lee was the Chinese lady who was a yeah. fighter. Who did the, the upside down windmill kick? Yeah, yeah, and the little buns in her hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I was always so sad when you, when she lost a match and she had the big bruises all over her face, and you were like, "You monster! How could you do that to poor Chun Li?" Yeah, to whoever did it. You really yeah. need to have words with uh, Sean Connery. <laughs> ha! Sean Connery did it. <laughs> well, she did try to have the last word, David. Yeah, I, mean. I know. <laughs> Give him a break. Uh, yeah. So anyway, um, uh, Chun Li comes over and and go, he's like, you know, very impressive, but brick not hit back. Mm. That's a good line. I wasn't. That's not me being. That's not me being culturally insensitive. That's, that's literally word for word what he says. Yeah, yes. yeah fair enough. Yeah. His English isn't great, which is fine. Just to be clear. Right. And now we are in the. Uh, Hong Kong police chief's office. Woof. Screen's white. And Forrest Whitaker is explaining to him, you know, the situation. And he says, we know that he's here to fight in the Kumite and we know what's happening here. Like, For uh-huh. feck's sake, does anyone not know about this fight? Because the police chief's like, oh, oh, you know about that, do you? Oh, okay. Not even just, a hint just so of, happens, I have no idea what you're talking about. I've got some tickets, yeah. front row tickets, if you want to buy them off me. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, he's going to scalp them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So apparently everybody knows about it. So the, the Hong Kong police guy's like, all right, we'll help you look for your missing man. Oh, fine. I suppose I'll do my job then. <laughs> yeah. But he makes more effort than, than Forrest Whitaker and his sidekick. So. No. True. Yeah. This is this is a real standout moment of the film. This next scene because there are some Arabic people harassing a woman in the bar, 
And the only reason yeah. we know that they're, or the only reason that we would suspect that they're um, of Arabic origin is because they've got uh, a kefir on their heads. And that's it. That's all they did. They very, very clearly just stepped out into the streets of Hong Kong and went, you, come here. You're an Arab now. I'm just going to put this tile on your head and we're going to pretend it's a legit kefir. Right? I go harass that woman. <laughs> Sounds to me, <laughs> it's more likely it's a very socially inappropriate stag do. What? <laughs> oh, God, no. Like a... Like a uh, uh, a fiesta and everybody's wearing those sombreros sombreros yeah, like, oh, yeah come on dudes you're looking at the scene and it's three clearly east asian men yeah with sort of uh improvised kefir on their head going oh woman you come to my room <laughs> it's it's just it's, I'm pretty it's, sure it's a stag <laughs> Well, they're in the comate, these guys. Or, well, the, the main oh, guy, whose name is oh, Hussein, by the way. Yeah. Okay. He's one of the contestants. And, uh, oh, that bit you missed out. And I, you didn't mention anything about them being contestants. Well, yeah, I but th- we don't thought... know that until... Oh, uh, right, okay. Okay, okay, carry on, carry on. So they're... So these three clearly East Asian guys with kefir on their head are... So very half-heartedly harassing this woman because the the guy is not an actor. I googled it and I was right. They just wandered into a gym, looked for someone who was a bit tough looking, found this guy who is from Hong Kong and is of Filipino descent and they were like, you, you're going to harass a, bo- a woman in a bar. Come with me. Uh, what? Don't ask questions. Put this on your head. Here's Go harass money. that woman. Yeah. So That's weird. He goes, yeah, it was mental. Like you've got people from loads of ethnicities in this whole film, and you couldn't be bothered looking for one Middle Eastern, even Middle Eastern looking fella, like a fella with a beard sure. maybe, because this guy's clean shaven. They didn't even try, aside from the the kefir. Um, she's like, it's the journalist, by the way. It's the woman who was asking all the questions about the comate. Yes. Uh, and she is not keen to go to his room and she says go away you creep or something to that effect and he very slowly raises his hand to give her a nice Sean Connery slap across the head and Van Damme intercedes because he's does he put his feet between the hand and her face (laughs) while doing the splits (laughs) yeah yeah he does the the splits really awkwardly while making really seriously intense eye contact with Hussein, as it turns out his name is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, Van Dan stops him and then says something along the lines of, hey, you're in the comate, aren't you? Oh, for fuck's sake, like, tell the world. Ah. And uh, he said, if, if yeah. you, you know, we can't fight outside the comate or we'll be disqualified. And like, you really want to get disqualified over her? And she's like, hey. So Van Damme says, I tell you what we'll do instead. You put a coin in your hand. And if I can snatch that coin out of your hand before you close your hand. Yes. I win the girl. And the girl is going, uh, I'm 30. Right here. Girl. <laughs> yeah. 
But the other two, yeah. quote unquote, uh, Middle Eastern guys, who are also clearly just lifted off the streets of Hong Kong, won't let her leave. Like holding on to her. So of course, because Van Damme's done all this training of snatching fish out of the fi- out of the hatchery, yeah. he gets the coin. No bother at all. And uh, and Hussein calls him an American asshole. And if I were Van Damme, I'd have replied, I'm Belgian, actually. Also, he's and got the guy's like coin. Oh, he swapped it? He actually swapped the coin? He had that much time? Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, he's that good. And Hussein is suitably outraged at this point and buggers off. And now Van Damme's stuck with some blonde woman who he has to pretend to like. Mm. He's going to ask him <laughs> questions about Komatai. Endless, endless questions about the Komatai. She just won't let it drop. It's all she talks about. She's talking about how she's a journalist and she wants to do a story on the Komatai. And she actually goes, why will no one talk to me about the Komatai? And you're like, everyone's talking to everyone about it. How are you yeah. the only one? That no one will tell about this. Everyone knows. Well, you did. You did say everyone... at the beginning that um, everyone who's male knows, but anyone who's female exactly. is kind of kept out the loop. Absolutely, she is the only one that no one will talk about the comate to. Uh, yeah. And I guess we'll find out, and including Jean Claude, who's just like, no, I'm not telling you anything about it because you've got totally the wrong idea about it. You think it's just a, a bunch of stupid boys oh. beating each other up and it's not it's about honour and being the best you can be nye, 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 nye. Uh-huh. this man's army blah 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 um, and uh, he he then strikes a deal with her and says however I will give you the inside scoop on the comate if you go for dinner with me <laughs> okay. so she seems quite pleased she's she's agreeable to this It's it seems like a win win to her because she quite fancies him for whatever reason. Maybe he was wearing that low-cut top again. <laughs> Maybe he's offering to buy dinner like, as well. Who knows? Or is she buying dinner? Because yeah. she's the journalist. She could probably get out of discretionary I think account. he's... That's a good point, actually. Mm. And depending on circumstances, she might have had to pay for that dinner, but we'll get to that. Okay. Now, splits number three. Woo! He's got the two chairs in the hotel room and he's... What? The bill. Oh, they didn't split the bill. No. <laughs> uh, that's because he's not Dutch. Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So he's got an ankle on each chair, and then the rest of his body's just sort of hovering in midair, and he's doing that weird city down Tai Chi again. Mm, mm. All this business, for whatever reason. And um, Zangief comes in to tell him, like, here, it's time to go. Uh, but Jean-Claude just ignores him because he's totally in the zone. And Zangief just sort of sits in the bed and looks at him like a confused poodle. Like, hmm. Mm-hmm. And then strolls over and just kicks him. <laughs> <laughs> kicks one of the chairs out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, pretty funny. Yeah. So he's finished meditating now and he just locks eyes with Zangief and he's like, I'm ready. So, oh, great. Well, now that you're ready... Maybe we can all go and do the comate at last. Jesus. Oh, I thought this. I thought they were just getting ready to go to, for the dinner. And he's like, no, you no, know, no, it's dinner's... like when you when when you're staying in a hotel and you're with someone, you're with another group of people, and you go over to their room like, hey, are you ready to go for dinner there? And then yeah, I'll be ready in five minutes. And you're sitting there going, 
It's been at least ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, Come on, man. I'm, I'm hungry. Kinda hungry. Yeah. So no. Anyway, uh, he's yes. going to have dinner with her tomorrow night. Right. That's the plan. He has mm-hmm. to go and do the comate tonight. He's busy. Yeah. He's got plans. So dinner's dinner's postponed. And they've got a whole like opening ceremony going on where there's like swinging flags around and and twirling sticks that are on fire and woo and it's a whole thing it's very exciting and mm-hmm. there's a panel of three judges and they've got a very you know auspicious little area to sit in and it's got dragons and fire and chinese characters the works cool and the the head judge gets up and starts explaining the origin of the comate which started hundreds of years ago by the black dragon society And every five years, the best fighters of the Black Dragon Society would come together to compete to see who the best was in a full contact Mm -hmm. comité, right? And there's a pretty big audience there as well, most of whom are gambling. Um, Sure. but, But the press aren't allowed in. And while this speech is going on, the camera does that thing that the Great British Bake Off does, you know, where it, like, individually zooms in on particular um, contestants. Contestants, yes. Yeah. So while he's talking, we, we see Van Damme and we see Blanca and we see Saget and we see Ken and Ryu and we see Chun-Li. Right? And then as he's talking, it does that thing that Bake Off does as well when you know it's going to come down to two people. So mm-hmm. they're like, and the star baker this week is... And the camera immediately zooms in on the two people who are most likely to be Star Baker. And you're like, oh, it's going to be one of those two. They do that in this as well. They zoom in on Van Damme and they zoom in on Chun Li. And you're uh-huh. like, oh, I see what's going to happen. It's going to come down to these two, isn't it? I'm with you. So, spoilers. <laughs> oh, and it also zooms in on the janitor, which I've never seen them do in, in the Bake Off. <laughs> There's a wee janitor just sat in the corner looking dead excited with a broom going, ha, ha, ha. And he gets zoomed in I'm on as well. I'm just so glad to be here. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, I've been looking forward to this for five years. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to clean blood off a runway all day for yeah. days. Okay, we're going to end it there for part one of episode five of Why Did You Watch? Join us next time for part two. Why did you watch it?